go ahead and grab your Bibles, if you will. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians 12 is where we're going to be this morning as we're beginning to round out this series on living in the Holy Spirit. And our goal is not just been to learn some information about the Spirit, but that hopefully we will actually learn how to live in Him. And even though we'll be rounding out the series here very shortly, this is not the kind of series you just end. This is the kind of thing that we ought to continually be growing in. We ought to continually learn how to live in the Spirit. So hopefully by now, you've learned some different things, some, some ways of actually recognizing the Spirit, listening to the Spirit, following, keeping in step with the Spirit as He continues to move through us. Uh, but this morning, I want to talk about uh, something that we haven't t- talked about just yet. I want to talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, if you're like me, I've grown up in a church and where I've heard a lot about spiritual gifts. Uh, but this morning, we're not really going to get into all the specifics of the gifts, but to really recognize it is the Holy Spirit who empowers all of those gifts and that he's inviting us into his work through them. And so join with me, if you will, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to start in verse 4 here in just a second. Paul's talking to the Corinthians, and he says this. He says, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there's varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there's varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. To another, the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Let's stop right there. Now, if you've read a passage like this before, it opens up a huge can of worms, does it not? We just said all kinds of things. We just talked about miracles and healings and tongues and interpretation of tongues and and all these different types of giftings, and we instantly kind of jump into, well, what does that look like? What does that mean for me? How does that work? And all of those are valid questions, but, but don't forget this series that we're in. The goal here in this passage is not simply to educate us about the gifts, but but really to talk to us about the giver of the gifts. And specifically, he talks about the person of the Holy Spirit. In the the seven verses, or the 11 verses that we, actually really just seven verses we read, the Holy Spirit is mentioned seven distinct times. Seven distinct times the Holy Spirit is mentioned. That doesn't even include references to the Father or to the Son. All throughout this passage, he's telling us about all these individual gifts. It all keeps coming back to the person of the Holy Spirit. And so before we can even get into all these gifts and what they mean for us, there's a few things we need to know and learn right off the bat from this passage. The first thing is is this, everyone gets a spiritual gift. Everyone gets a spiritual gift. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, then you have a spiritual gift. It does not matter how long you have been a believer. This is not the kind of thing you kind of earn over time or you kind of grow into. No, you have at least one spiritual gift. How do we know? Look at verse 11. It says, all these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So look at those words there, each one individually. He's being redundant on purpose. 
He's letting us know, listen, everybody gets a spiritual gift. This is not for the few and far between. This is not for the spiritual, just the kind of the, the, the experts among us. No, every single believer gets a spiritual gift. Paul was actually going to echo him in uh, 1 Peter chapter 4. Uh, check this here. Uh, it's gonna, he says this, chapter 4, verse 10. He says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Look at that first phrase, as each has received a gift. So again, this is everybody. No matter who you are, if you've surrendered your life to Christ, you know you're a believer, you've been born again, then you didn't simply receive the Holy Spirit. The Spirit gave you a spiritual gift. And so this concerns everybody who's here who is a believer. The second thing that we learn from this passage is, is that the spiritual gift is not for you. And that's a bit of a bummer, isn't it? Because typically when we get gifts, we just assume they're for us. You have a birthday party, somebody walks in a gift, you say, for me? You, and it is. Almost always, somebody gives you a gift, the gift is for you. But here's the weird thing about spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are not for you, they're for other people. So how does that work? Let's, let's stay here in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. We just read it. Look at it again. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. All right, so the purpose of the gift is not for us, it's for other people. And you can actually kind of see this in the wording itself. Uh, the word for gift in Greek is charisma. Same way we would spell it in English, charisma. Uh, that is a spiritual gift. This is where you get the term charismatic, by the way. Our charismatic brothers and sisters, they're going to come from this gifting. They say, hey, we have these charismatic gifts. And they're kind of leaning on more of the supernatural side. But, but it comes from the word itself. It re means charisma. But if you take that M-A off the end, off charisma, you're left with charis. That is the Greek word for grace. So a spiritual gift is a grace of the Holy Spirit. It's something God is giving to us through his grace, but how do we use it? Well, we give grace to other people. Grace is undeserved. Grace is just bestowed upon us. God lavishes his grace upon us. And so when he gives us this gift, this, this charism, he says, listen, that's not for you. It's so that you also can give grace to other people. You're basically becoming the conduit of God's grace in other people's lives. And so the purpose is not for you, it's for others. Everybody else's gifts are for you. All the other giftings of the church are for you, but the spiritual gift that God gives to you is not meant for you, it's meant for other people. Uh, in fact, look at verse seven, and you'll see this again right here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It says, to each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. Right? So again, the giving of the Spirit is not for myself, it's for you. Your gift is for me, my gift is for you. Our gifts are for one another. God gives us a spiritual gift, not for our edification, but for the common good. And that is going to require us to kind of bend our brains a little bit. Because again, we tend to think about this personally, but the Lord is, is giving us a, a bedrock truth, something he has to constantly remind us of. And certainly, he's trying to remind the Corinthians of, and it is this, you and I are not spiritually self-sufficient. We're not. In the way that God built us, we are not built to do this thing on our own. We were never meant to live the Christian life in isolation 
We are body parts, not a body unto ourselves. Paul's actually going to say that here at the end of chapter 12. He'll build, build this whole metaphor of saying, listen, the Christian church is like a body made up of all these different parts, but individually, we are simply parts. They don't work right on their own. They only work in concert with all of the other gifts. We ought to understand this at this point because this is what made the pandemic so hard, did it not? I mean, think back to the lockdown. What made this so hard is that we were not able to gather together like we normally do. We still have brothers and sisters who are worshiping with us online. A lot of you have been and you started to return back, but we still have a good number who are worshiping online who want to come back and hopefully will. That is the goal. We want everybody to be able to come and worship in person But why do we need that? Because we're not meant to do this by ourselves. We're not meant to be isolated. And so it's good that we gather every week for worship, that we gather during the week for different things, because we actually really do need one another. And please understand just a little bit of telegraphing here. Because of that, because we really do value this gathering together, because we need to be together, to share our gifts together, there is coming a day when we're going to kill the live stream. Well, we're not going to do this every week like we have been for the past year. It's not next week. It's not even next month. But please understand, there's coming a day when this thing is done when we're not going to do a live stream anymore. You might say, Adam, why would you do that? Why would you limit an opportunity to go and, and share the gospel? Look, we'll have video options. We'll have ways for people to watch, but not a live stream. Why? Because you really do need to be here. We need to be in fellowship together because this isn't about one gift or two gifts or the few gifts that get displayed on a platform. It's about all of us being together. And look, I get it. There are times when you can't be here. It happens all the time. Maybe you're sick or maybe you're on vacation. Uh, It's a pandemic, right? Something like that. Maybe you're out for work. There are times you can't be here on a Sunday morning. We totally get that. But there are some of us who just, we did the whole live stream thing and we said, you know, that was actually kind of convenient that I got to worship in my PJs. And you liked it. He said, dude, this is actually easy. There's no commute. It's easier on the kids. And look, I don't have to deal with all those pesky people. And so look, I get the sermon. This is awesome. Dude, this is, can we do this more? I like this. And here's what you need to understand. No. Um, <laughs> Because at the end of the day, it's not about your convenience. Because you're a part of a body and we need you. It's not just about what you get out of it. It's about what God is going to do through you. Because you have a spiritual gift that we all need. And when you're not here, we miss it. When you're not here, we suffer. We actually need everyone to be displaying their gifts on a consistent basis. And for any of us to say, listen, I'm just not interested in that. I don't want to do that. I think I'm okay by yourself. Well, at best, that makes you a hoarder, right? You ever seen a hoarder? It's terrifying. I had this happen. I was a member of my family, and then they've gone on to be with the Lord. But, but I remember I was, I was a kid and going into their house for the first time. You recognize, wow, this is all normal stuff, but this is not normal, Everything was kind of piled up in the corners. It's just kind of, it's just very weird when you're just kind of hoarding all of these things. When you say, hey man, I want to receive the gifts of the, of the church, but I don't want to give back at best. I'm a hoarder. At worst, I'm a thief. Because God has given you a gift that's not for you. And we just say, you know what? I'm just going to keep that to myself. I'm just going to keep that for me. I'm just going to do what I want with it. Okay, well, you're 
stealing from the body of Christ. That gift wasn't meant for you. God gave it to you so you could join him in his work and we desperately need it. But you can't do that on your own. We can only do that together, which is why all believers, all Christians need to be connected to a local body of Christ. But thirdly, we learn from this passage that the Holy Spirit is empowering the gifts. It is the Holy Spirit who is empowering the gifts. Look at verse 11 again. It says, all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. See, this is, this is the place where we can take a wrong turn. You gotta be really careful when you jump in this passage because when we hear about these gifts, it's just natural that we jump into a lot of appropriate questions. Oh, what's my gift? Well, what is he doing in me? Or how can I do that? Or what does that mean in my life? And, and those aren't bad questions, but they can miss the point. Look, all throughout this, this series, we've been learning things about ourselves. Man, how is the Holy Spirit filling me? How is he leading me? What is the spiritual fruit he's growing in me? And those are appropriate questions. Those are good questions. Those are right questions. They just aren't all the questions. They don't give you the fullness of what God is doing. He's not just working in you. He's working through you in the lives of other people. The Holy Spirit is doing something that you can't understand on your own. Instead, he is empowering you to move, for him to help you to do things that you could not do on your own, to bless, to encourage, to help other people in the body of Christ. And so we need to recognize that this is not just something that that we are figuring out or it's nice for us to do. It's nice for us to use our, our gifts or our talents because this is more than just what we have on our own. You see, if the Holy Spirit is empowering us, and that means a couple things. It means that this is not just my personality. Uh, A spiritual gift is not just your natural talent. It's not just your personality. What he's doing is, is he's doing something that is more than you and I could have ever done on our own. Check this out in Acts 4.13. Look what it says. It says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. So here's, Jamie, here's Peter and John, uh, and they get, these are fishermen. These are day laborers. They did not graduate from some fancy school. And they get hauled up in front of all the scholars of their society. And instead of getting a lecture to them, these two guys give a lecture to them. These two guys just gave everybody a tongue lashing, and these guys are going, whoa, whoa who are these guys? They don't have training. Where are they getting this boldness and this power? They recognize that they had been with Jesus. But we know even more, do we not? They had been with Jesus, but we know what happened a few weeks earlier. They were in an upper room and tongues of fire fell upon both of them. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And now through the Spirit, Jesus is doing incredible things through them. And so this is more than just personality. This is more than just latent ability or latent talent. But you will see that your spiritual gift usually works in concert with your talents and abilities. A spiritual gifting is typically not in opposition to your local talents and abilities. God and his sovereignty has built us in such a way that even before our salvation, even before we know him, he is building things in us that can be used, that can be leveraged in walking with the Lord. Think about Paul. 
Paul was very different than Peter and John. He did graduate from the best schools. He was trained by the greatest teachers of his age. He knew how to debate in a synagogue before he got saved. And God leveraged all of those things, empowered him to do that in an even greater way all throughout the rest of his life as he went through state rooms and, and were debating with the Greeks and the Jews and everybody else. And so a spiritual gift is more than your personality or your ability, but it's also not less than that. It usually works in concert with those things. But do not miss this. It is the Holy Spirit who does the work. The working of a spiritual gift is not just saying, hey, I did something spiritual. No, the working of a spiritual gift is when the Holy Spirit works through you to do something that you and I could never have done on our own. This is how we all live in the Holy Spirit when we watch him use his spiritual gifts through us. But let's really talk about this and say, okay, well, that, what are we talking about, though? We're talking about spiritual gifts. What do we actually mean? What does this look like in life? Well, look at verses 8 through 10, and you'll see this. He says, for to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. There's one. To another, the utterance of knowledge. There's two. According to the same Spirit. Another faith by the same spirit, another gifts of healing by the one spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, and to another of various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. Okay, that's a lot. There's a lot of gifts right there. There's a lot for us to talk about even right there, but there's actually more than that. You see, when you walk through scripture, you will find three and really four different lists of spiritual gifts. The fourth one's very short. But you get four different places where we get lists of gifts and a lot of other places where you see individual gifts that are listed. In fact, look at this. Here's Romans. This is Paul talking again, Romans chapter 12, verse four. It says, for as in one body, we have many members and the members don't all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, uh, the one who contributes, I'm sorry, I didn't remember that part, in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. All right, here's the interesting thing. You've got the same author, Paul, talking about the same subject. He's even gonna use the same metaphor. He's gonna say, hey, we're all bodies and we have different parts. So he's clearly talking about the same thing and then he runs into a list. Here's the trick, the lists aren't the same. Same author, same topic, same illustration, different lists of gifts. And that'll happen a third time in Ephesians, and then Peter will say different things in second Peter, which means you get a lot of different gifts. Here's, here's all of them. Let's put them up uh, all up on the screen. Here's this, the ones that we see listed in Scripture. You get 20 or more gifts that are listed. And we're not gonna go through all of these today, but you can kind of see what's up there, and maybe you've heard of some of these before. Here's the thing, though. Not one of these gifts shows up in all four lists. There isn't a single gift that shows up in all of them. Only seven of them repeat. That means 13 of these gifts are one-offs. They only show up in one of the lists. Isn't that interesting? What does that tell us? It tells us there's a lot of spiritual gifts. There's a lot that's going on. 
This is probably not even an exhaustive list. There's more than these. The Holy Spirit is moving. Jesus is working today. He can gift us particularly for the very particular things that are going on in our lives right now in the 21st century. He is not bound by this particular list of gifts. These different lists show us there's a lot of different ways that the Holy Spirit is going to be moving and he can equip us in one, two, or multiple ways through this. And so there's a lot of different things that are going on. But you say, well, why, why are there so many? I mean, look at all these different gifts. He's Adam, I, I, some of these I can kind of understand. Some of these I don't, I don't really know. And, and P.S., if you want a real breakdown of these, we did a, a series called Gifted many years ago uh, where I actually break down all of these different gifts over a few weeks. And you can hear more of a fuller treatment. So you can go online, look at our podcast, and you can actually get those. We're not gonna be able to do that today, but there is a place, and other people have done a great treatment of this as well. You can grab that as well. Uh, but why are there so many different gifts? Well, we see what the Spirit is doing right here at the beginning. Go back to verses four through six and notice what it says. It says, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There's varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there's varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. All right, interesting. You've got Paul just kind of writing off the cuff. And, and Did you notice the Trinitarian language? He mentions the Spirit, he mentions Lord, that's usually associated with Jesus, and he mentions God, that's normally associated with the Father. So you have Spirit, Son, Father, all in the same verse. It's a Trinitarian formula. He's showing us Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And what is the adjective he puts before it? Same. Same Spirit, same Lord, same God. What is he telling us? He said there's a unity in diversity even in God himself. God is three, but one. He is one, but three. There are distinctions in him and the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, but he is completely and totally unified. He is not three gods. He is one God. There's unity and diversity. There's diversity in his unity. This is what it means to be God himself. But he says, look, I want to build that same unity and diversity in you. He says, and to do that, there's going to be a variety of gifts, a variety of service, a variety of activities. In the same way that there's a diversity in the same God, there's going to be varieties of giftings in you, but what's the goal? That we would all be one. Why does God not give everybody all the gifts? Why does he only give you and I one or two gifts? So that we all need one another. So that we have to have one another. It also means that we don't become cookie-cutter Christians. Isn't that great? That as the church, the goal is not for all of us to be the same, for all of us to talk the same, for all of us to look the same. God gives us different personalities. He gives us different giftings, different backgrounds, and he uses individually and uniquely, but he puts us together in such a way that when we serve one another through our spiritual gifts, we become one in him. And the same kind of unity and diversity that exists in God himself now gets displayed in God's people as he indwells us with his very same spirit. He gives us a variety of giftings. And so as we serve others, we serve one another, we become more like him. That's why he gave us a gift. He expects us to use it. The Holy Spirit is moving through our lives through these gifts. But we do need to address this because when it comes to spiritual gifts, we typically think about one type of gift 
sometimes to the exclusion of others. First off, let's just kind of go ahead and tackle the elephant in the room. There are some miraculous gifts on this list. There are some gifts that would clearly fall into a miraculous category. We mentioned our charismatic brothers and sisters earlier. What do they mean when they talk about being charismatic? They typically don't mean administration or helps. They mean tongues or interpretation of tongues or miracles. That's kind of what marks it out as charismatic. The problem is, is that not all of these gifts are miraculous. In fact, these miraculous giftings, whether it be healing, miracles, tongues, or interpretation of tongues, you see all four of those here in 1 Corinthians, you don't find them in any of the other gift lists. Remember, four lists, they don't show up anywhere else. All the miraculous gifts only show up here. They're only in this part. Furthermore, we don't see everyone showing miraculous gifts in the Gospels and Acts. Take somebody like John the Baptist. Jesus said there's no one greater among, born among women than John the Baptist. We don't have a single recorded instance where John the Baptist does a miracle. Not one. He preaches, he eats bugs, doesn't do miracles, doesn't do signs, and yet Jesus calls him the greatest. He does not display uh, these, these kind of ecstatic gifts. And so what do we do with this? Well, you can actually tell here in the Greek. Uh, notice what it says here in verse nine. It says gifts of healing. That's a little bit misleading. The word healing there in the Greek is plural. So it means gifts of healings, plural. What is he saying there? That this is not a singular gift that you can just kind of heal willy-nilly. Instead, these are acts of healing that come through somebody. So is this happening? Yes. That's the question everybody wants to answer. Adam, does this happen today or not? It's not that simple. What he's going to say is, is, is yes and no. No, this is not a gift that people can just control and just heal at will. But yes, God is still doing supernatural things. They're just isolated incidents. They're not prolific. We shouldn't expect to see this every single day in our ministries, but you can expect to see this. It's just not a power we control. Take somebody like Paul. Paul could do healings. He raised the dead at one point. He's done multiple healings. You can read all about it in Acts, but just because he had done healings in the past doesn't mean he could just do healings whenever he wanted. Look at this in Timothy. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 20, here's what he says. He's kind of giving final comments. And he says, Erastus remained in Corinth, and I left Trophimus, who was ill, at Miletus. Okay, well, if you have the power to heal, why would you ever leave a brother sick anywhere? Why would you do that? Same thing happens for Epaphroditus. Epaphroditus almost dies. He comes from Ephesus. Paul couldn't heal him. Paul's done healings in the past. Well, why can't he do this? Because this gifts of healings is not a power that he gets to control. It's not an ability he gets to use. It is simply a grace that God sometimes pours through him. But he doesn't get to control that. He doesn't get to say, this is when it's going to happen. He is moving in concert with the Holy Spirit. And so, yes, sometimes the Holy Spirit will affect a healing. He is still doing that. I have seen God heal people before. But that doesn't mean that it's all the time. It doesn't mean that it's even, even common. And it's really only at the movement of the Holy Spirit. We don't get to control that. Same thing with miracles. Peter had done miracles. Peter walked on water with Jesus briefly. 
I mean, he done all kinds of miracles. He got let out of jail twice by an angel. Angel comes in, lets him out of prison. He continues to do ministry. But at the end of his life, Peter will die in prison. He'll get crucified. No angel. Why? Because yes, miracles happened through him, but he does not have the power to control to say, hey, angel, another door, open it up and do what he wants. This is a gift that God gives, but not a gift that he gets to control. So when it comes to these supernatural gifts, we need to recognize uh, just kind of what they are. Are they still moving? Yes, but are, are they the most important gifts? No. Are they given to everybody? No. In fact, there's a whole lot more gifts that are, God is using that you just may not see. Let's put that list back up there if we can for just a second. If you kind of take away the supernatural gifts, the ones that we would consider to be supernatural, we see a whole lot of other giftings that, well, honestly, we encounter a lot, but I wonder if we really recognize that this might be a movement of the Holy Spirit. When we think about wisdom or administration or teaching or service or, or faith or, or knowledge, even evangelism or pastor, shepherd, we say, oh, I see all those all the time. We don't recognize that these are empowered by the Holy Spirit. What if God is moving around you in incredible ways? It just looks differently than you might expect it to look. What if God is doing incredible things? The Holy Spirit is moving around you. We were just expecting something different, and so we're missing what's right in front of us. I had to learn this years ago with my calling. Um, I have been preaching now for about 25 years. Uh, I never wanted to be a preacher. I did not expect to be a preacher. It was not on my life plan. Um, and I didn't honestly think I was going to be because I had not been called to be a preacher. I grew up Baptist, uh, like many of you, and I grew up hearing a ton of stories from Baptist pastors who said, hey, I got called to preach. And they remembered that God had spoken to them and they had an encounter and it was amazing and they never doubted it. said, thou shalt preach. You're gonna do this thing. It was almost like there was green lightning in the sky. They said, thou shalt preach. And they knew it and they, they walked in and that's what they did. And I don't doubt that. I think that's great. And I believe all of those men, but that didn't happen for me. I've never had that experience. So I figured since I hadn't had that experience, I must not be a real preacher. But when I got into my early 20s, God began to open up doors to, to preach, and I just figured, okay, there's the real preachers, and then there's me mucking it up on the side, right? You know, just kind of doing whatever, but there's like the real stuff, and then there's me, but, but more doors begin to open, and I began to preach more. Remember, this is not what I wanted to do, uh, and, and so I kept going to different places, uh, and they would, they would say things. They would say, hey, you've got a gift. You've got a gift. You've got a gift. You got a gift, you got a gift. I heard it almost every single place I would preach. You have a gift, you have a gift. To which I would reply, I was on the debate team. I was on the debate team. I was on the debate team. I studied to be a lawyer. I know how to be, talk to people. That's not a gift, that's just my talent. That's my ability. It's just what I'm, I, I do, but that's, that's, not a, that's not a gifting. That's just, that's just kind of my thing, right? And they said, no, 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 you have a gift. You have a gift, you have a gift. This went on for two years. I'm honestly not all that bright when it comes to certain things. And it just took me that long to finally see the pattern that everywhere I was going, brothers and sisters were saying the same thing. I finally began to realize God was giving me my calling and it came through the church. 
I didn't get the same experience that those other guys got, and that's fine. God speaks in multiple ways, but he was speaking to me through all of these brothers and sisters in all of these different places, but because it wasn't the way I wanted it to be, it wasn't the way I expected it to be, I didn't see it. What if God is moving around you right now, but because it doesn't look the way you want it to look, you're not seeing it? What if you're expecting some, some magical experience, some woo-ah thing to happen, and you're saying, well, until that happens and the Holy Spirit's not moving, and you're missing out on the fact that the Holy Spirit is moving in your life all the time through encouragement and through teaching and through administration and through leadership and through helps and through all the other giftings, but because it doesn't look the way you expected it to look, I just assumed the Holy Spirit wasn't moving. What if he's moving? Right now, what if he's moving? Do you realize that you experience the Holy Spirit today? You're experiencing it right now. If the Holy Spirit is just clocking you upside the head and teaching you things, hey, that's a movement of the Holy Spirit. If you're in community group beforehand, and man, you experience the encouragement of the fellowship of the believers. You experience the, the encouragement of all the administration that went into creating all this on a Sunday morning. You experience the blessing of all these different things through the teaching of people in your community group or the helps by all the people who greeted you at the door or gave you, helped you as you came in or made the coffee and you came in. Do you not understand that the Holy Spirit is moving in your life? We just might not recognize it. But He's moving. He's saying, listen, it might not be spectacular every day, but the vast majority of your gifts are not going to be this spectacular thing. Instead, you can expect God to move in powerful ways when I allow him to move through me and through others in my life. It can happen every single Sunday. It can happen through the week. If I simply open up my eyes and recognize that God is moving through me. Do you realize that, 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 that right now it's happening in the, in the preschool ministry? It's preschool ministry, by the way. Right now, do you know what's happening? God is moving through volunteers just like you who are helping to teach our kids in preschool about Jesus Christ. That's not daycare, by the way. You know that, right? It's not daycare. They're learning about Jesus Christ. Same thing's happening right now in our children's ministry. It's happening up on the second floor. We baptized Mary Jo Mantooth. May she got saved through our kids' ministry. So all of our kids who were here, that's not babysitting. You know that, right? That when you volunteer to serve in our children's ministry, those kids are learning to memorize scripture. They're learning about Jesus. They're learning to know how to walk with him and to worship him, how to live in him. That's ministry that is happening there. It's happening in our students. You saw the fruit of that today as everybody was walking up here and so many of these students have been impacted by so many of you who are chaperones on a youth trip or helped out on a Wednesday night or helped out by teaching in Sunday morning in, in community groups or, or helped lead them through all the different things throughout the years that they've been here. Do you realize that God was using gifts that are in you to impact all of them to make them the men and women that they are today? Do you see that the Holy Spirit is moving He's doing incredible things. He's taking your abilities and doing more than what you ever could have done on your own. Things that you did not realize were happening. The Holy Spirit is moving in you and doing things in the life of the church to help us become more like him. It is happening every single week. And when you and I live that out, we are living in the spirit. You can't simply keep this all to yourself or think about it only in terms of yourself. You gotta recognize that the spirit is moving in and through all of us. 
So what would that look like practically? Let me give you three ways that, that are really going to help us kind of live this out practically. Things that we got to do if we're going to live in the Holy Spirit. The first is this. Do you know your gift? Do you know your gift? You have a spiritual gift. Do you know what it is? If you're a member here at the church, one of the things that we do with membership is that we ask you to take a spiritual gifts test. All of you are members should have taken that test. Some of you might remember years and years ago where we had the weirdest service imaginable where we took a spiritual gifts test in this service. Who was here for that? Anybody remember that? Man, be proud. We will never do that again. <laughs> it's the weirdest Sunday I've ever done. It's a great idea. But we're not doing it again, Right. But we said, hey, we're all doing it. We're going to check it out. And we did it. And then ever since people have joined, we said, hey, fill out that spiritual gift test. Why? We want to help you know what your gift is. Now, look, we know that test is not gospel. We know it's not perfect. We, we know it, it can't perfectly tell you what your gift is. It's a good gauge, though. It's a good way to get you started to help you know what that is. P.S., if you were here when we did the super weird, do the test in the service, it's about time you took it again. Do you know why? That was a long time ago. You've changed since then. I bet God's taught you more since then. I bet he's developed more in you since then. You grow over time. Some giftings you cannot have when you are a new believer. God will build them over time. And you need to continue to take that test periodically to kind of see what the Lord is doing in you. And so if you want to do that, you can go on online and actually take that. I believe it's wccorg slash spiritual gifts. You can actually go ahead and take the test again. I would encourage you to do that. Or, pro tip, if you really want to know what your gifting is, listen to what other godly men and women encourage you with. Listen to how godly men and women encourage you. When people say, hey, man, you just don't know, but, but, but what you said, that really encouraged me. Hey, man, when you called me, I mean, that was, that was awesome, man. When you brought that meal to us, you have no idea what that meant for us. Hey, man, you serve in this capacity. That has really helped our community group and really helped me. When you hear people encourage you, especially spiritual people, you need to listen to that. You especially need to listen if you start to see patterns. When people start to say the same thing again, all over and over and over again, now you're beginning to discern what your spiritual gift is. Remember, they are the ones receiving grace. You, you can't tell all the time. They are the ones receiving the grace. They're in the best position to tell you what God is doing through you. Don't just assume, this is my gift. Let the Lord show you by how he uses you. P.S., help us all out with that. This, it would help us if we just don't you give like useless praise on everybody. I know that's kind of a thing here in the South. It's like, you were just so awesome. You're good at everything. You were so great. They're not, okay? And they never will be, and you're not that happy. Let's be honest, okay? Look, can we just stop lying about things and instead give real praise? Give praise where it's warranted. Give praise where it's due. Because if you just give praise for everything, it kind of muddies up the picture. But when you save it and say, man, God used you in this. Don't hold that to yourself. Man, give that. Encourage. And it helps us all discern our spiritual gifts so that we can better serve one another. But you can't use it if you don't actually know what your spiritual gift is. Second thing, do you use your gift? Do you use your spiritual gift? You remember, we don't want to be hoarders. We don't want to be thieves. We don't want to keep that to ourselves. God gave you this gift so that you can be a blessing to other people. Are you actually using that gifting or are you just letting it sit there dormant? Do you realize that we need you? 
We desperately need you. People don't just need a couple gifts in the church. We need all of the gifts expressed in the church. But that will never happen unless you actually use your gift. We also do this during membership. You've seen this many times before, but when people join our congregation, we we bring them forward and I ask you a question. Are you convinced that Jesus Christ has called you to be an active church, active part of this church at this time to share your gifts and abilities with us to help this church grow in the wisdom and admonition of the Lord. How many times have you heard me say that? We say it on purpose because when you're joining, you're saying, God put me here with my particular giftings to help this church in some way. Every one of you who's been called to be a member of this church, God gave you a gift and he says, this is the place you need to use it. This place needs it. And so would you be open to serving to allowing the Lord to work through you in some particular way. You don't have to do everything here, but we need you to serve. Maybe you were serving, but the pandemic threw all that off. Guess what? Time to find the the new place that God wants you to serve. Might be the same place, might be a new place, but we need everybody serving. And then guess what? You get to be served by everyone. Everyone's gifts are for you when people join the church. We don't just stop at what the joiner says. We says, well, guess what? Now, we will all make a commitment to you. And we will all say, we will all share our gifts and our abilities with them to help this new family grow in the wisdom and admonition of the Lord. And every time somebody joins, we have an opportunity to say, we will. To say, I want the Lord to work through me to help you in the same way he's gonna work through you to help me. And when we all live that out, that's when amazing spirit-filled things begin to happen. May not look supernatural on the surface, but it bears supernatural spiritual fruit in our lives. Third thing, do you receive the gifts? Do you receive the gifts? Because see, God wants to help you. He wants to give you grace. He wants to bless you. And the way that happens is through the other people of this congregation. I wonder if we're so locked in to say, no, 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 I can only learn from this person. I can only learn from this author. I can only learn in this particular way. I say, I really love worship. I really love preaching. I really love this Bible study. I really love this ministry. And that's the only way that God can help me. And so that's the only way he can really challenge me. Listen, that way it might be awesome. I'm partial to the sermons. But listen, other than that, look, he's got all kinds of ways he wants to bless you. He's got all kinds of ways he wants to serve you, all kinds of ways he wants to pour in new life, new maturity, new gifting. Would you just be open to it? Would you be open to God giving you something maybe in a way you haven't expected or to give you something that you may not want or expect, but he's still trying to give it to you? What if we just said, God, what do you you have to give to me through my brothers and sisters who are here? What do you have to give to me? What are you challenging me with? What are you helping me with? We're all growing. None of us is perfect. The person who's gonna help you, they're not perfect. You're not either. I'm not either. It's fine. The Holy Spirit can still use this person in a particular way to help you. God is wanting to pour himself, grace you through these charisms, these graces, these spiritual gifts in your life. This is the working of the Holy Spirit in us. It happens more than we think. Will we at least be open to receive it? Would we be open to receive the working of the Holy Spirit? He might want to work in a worship service. Could you participate? Don't spectate, participate. 
Could, could, you, could you be in a community group and, and allow God to, to minister to you and not just, just watch from the sidelines, but, but, but tar- participate in, in service where, where you jump in and say, I, I don't know what to do. That's fine. None of us did at the beginning and let God work through you through a spiritual gift or through a new ministry or through whatever it is. Could you just receive what God has to give you through all your brothers and sisters, not just me or Hayes or Clay or Kelly or, or the folks on staff, but what about you? I mean, he can work through you. He can work through all of us. Would you allow him to do that? Simply by receiving the grace of God through the spiritual gifts. Can you imagine a congregation where all of us are living and walking in the spirit as he moves through us? That is exactly what he wants to do today. So do this one. Bow your heads and close your eyes. For just a moment. We're going to continue to worship. We're going to have an opportunity to do something special. We've all gathered here to sing, to worship, to listen, to experience fellowship together. But in these next few minutes, you're going to have an opportunity to respond in song. Doesn't matter about your ability, but did you know that your brothers and sisters need to hear you sing? Maybe just take a moment in these next couple of songs just to stop and just to hear Hundreds of other believers singing right alongside you, singing with you. Don't spectate, man. Recognize you're a part of something that God is doing. And then sing loud, recognizing, man, your brothers and sisters need to hear you. They need to hear that we're all in this together. The Holy Spirit is doing something in us. We can't fully see it or even explain it, but you can know that he's moving. What would happen if we just opened ourselves up to that? And then beyond that, what would happen if beyond this moment we said, God, I don't want that to stop at the end of this service. What, what would happen if, if Lord, I, I let you use your spiritual gift in my life, the one you gave me, to bless others, to encourage others, to draw more people to you, not to draw attention to myself, but Lord, that as I use this gift, other people would be blessed and encouraged and loved and served, that they would grow to become more like you. Lord, could you take my feeble Uh, attempts, God, and and do something amazing, something I could never do on my own. And you can watch the Holy Spirit of God move through you. That's not for a few of us. That's not just at a few times of the year. That can be right now. And so, Heavenly Father, help us. Speak to us. Open up our eyes to what you want to do through us. Father, I pray that everybody here would would have a renewed sense of what their spiritual gift is, what you are doing in them and how you truly can do the incredible, the impossible if they would just open up their hearts to you. God, give them wisdom to know what that is. Help us to speak truth and encouragement and love to one another. Father, could you give us opportunities to serve, to love, just like you love us. Father, our own talents and abilities and personalities just won't cut it. But your power in us can change the world and us. And so do that. We want to live in your spirit and how you bind us together. So we start here in this moment, Lord. We, we will sing together your praises. But Father, take us deeper. Draw us closer to you and to each other through your spirit and the gifts you give. In your name we pray, amen.